the Bible Study Podcast, episode 53. This is the second episode in a series on the Book of Romans called Christianity 101. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We left last week in Romans 1. We covered verses 1 through 15 and also provided an overview of the whole book and why we're doing this particular study. If you're looking for that, go back to episode 52. We'll continue on in chapter 1. It's starting at verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. In this verse, Paul introduces a couple things. One is, he's talking again about the gospel, the good news, the news that Jesus came to save us, and from what he'll get into here just in a few verses, but it's God's power for salvation. Salvation is to save somebody from something, and we'll get into what that is again in a few verses. And then he says here, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. Remember, Paul himself is a Jew. He was brought up as a Jew and was raised as a Pharisee, that is, a teacher of the law. And his background is that. And the church at the time, when Paul would go and he would spread the gospel, he would usually go first to the synagogue, and he would preach at the synagogue, and so some portion of the church would be made of those who were Jewish, and then some portion of the church would be made of those who were Gentiles. And that's important as we continue on in this chapter, because Paul is about to make an argument about righteousness, and he's going to do it in two parts. First, he's going to talk about Gentiles, and then he's going to talk to the Jews. And so he says, in in this gospel, in this good news, there's a righteousness from God that is revealed righteous, to be made right, to be right with God in this particular case, a righteousness that is by faith. So what he's saying is, and we'll get into much more detail about this in Romans, that that which makes us right with God is our faith, from first to last, he says. The righteous will live by faith. And a lot of the time here in Romans, Paul is going to be looking at this issue of how we are made right with God. So, and then in the second part of this chapter, Paul's going to start talking about sin, and he's going to talk about a broken relationship between us and God. And Paul is heading to, in chapter 3, where he'll declare that none of us are right with God on our own or through our own efforts. And it's important for us to understand that the This is in the context here, starting with these verses that Paul's not ashamed of the gospel, that he's about to talk about a righteousness that comes from faith from first to last, and then he's about to break down, first the Gentiles and then the Jews, those things that show that we have a broken relationship with God and that we are in need of saving, we are in need of salvation. So he continues on, starting in verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them for since creation of the world God's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made 
so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal men and birds and animals and reptiles. So again, this section is addressing the Gentile portion of the church, those who came out of a Gentile belief, and at the time that would be a a pagan belief, the worship of idols particularly. And so you see that in that last verse, verse 23, they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal men and birds and animals and reptiles. And so he's saying in these verses that God is mad. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness. Well, why? What is God mad at? It says that through creation, all of God's invisible qualities are being clearly seen. That we have no excuse, even if we haven't heard the gospel, is what Paul is claiming. That all that we need to know about God should be made known to us in what we have seen. And that claiming to be wise, our foolish hearts are darkened, or their foolish hearts were darkened, those who are coming out of this background. And then it starts to talk about sin. And again, sin is, in the Greek that is used in the New Testament, a word that is borrowed from archery, which means to miss the mark, to fall short, to aim for a target and miss. And it says, Therefore God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Within the Gentile culture at the time, within the Greek culture or the Roman culture, which borrows from it, one of the biggest sins that will be mentioned, that is, those symptoms of a relationship that is broken between us and God. So not the state of brokenness, which is sin, but the symptoms of that state, which is sins, plural. Within that culture, what you'll see Paul talking a lot about is sexual purity. Because in that culture, there is very little value placed on marriage, for instance. It was commonly held that a Roman would have his wife that he would bear children with and then his mistress. Marriage is unimportant. You would go down to the temple and have sex with the temple prostitutes. And so it is a culture that embraces sexual freedom in a way that the Bible says is sin, in a variety of different ways. So when Paul talks to those coming out of a Gentile culture, he is pointing out that sexual impurity is one of the ways that this state of sin, that this broken relationship between them and God was played out as they were in that culture. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men's and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. 
They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve those who practice them. Certainly Paul is best known if in some circles for these verses here that seem to talk about homosexuality, and that is one of the things that he is naming in these verses as being sin in a large list of things. And again, in a context of which he's going to end up with, and there is no one who is without sin. So this is something that he is calling sin within the context of a lot of different things that he is calling sin. And so he also gets onto this long list of murder and envy and strife and deceit and malice. And so what we see here is a culture that he is saying that they're coming out of here that's filled with all kinds of things that are wrong. They're evil and greedy. They're striving against one another. There is contention. There is murder and malice, gossip, slanders, God-haters, insolent, lots of different things that are coming on that are, again, symptoms of this broken relationship that Paul is claiming we are all in that. And not only that, he says, but we're not content, he says, for those people who are coming from this, with the ways of doing evil, but are always looking for something else. That those things that we express lose their joy to us, and so we look for something more depraved. So this is certainly not a very pretty picture that Paul is painting. And he's going to go on now in the next chapter, chapter 2, and he's going to start looking at those coming out of a Jewish tradition, and he's going to say, "Uh, but hang on a second here, you've also got problems. He's going to name a different list of things, different set of symptoms, but he's basically going on with, we've all got this disease. We may be symptomatic in different ways, but we all have this broken relationship with God. And we'll take up that story in chapter 2 of Romans. And again, this first part of Romans, Paul is trying to build a case for why we need a cure. And so he won't get into what the cure is until chapter 3 and 4, but he's basically trying to set up a situation again as Romans is a more complete theological approach to Christianity of what is that from which we are called to be saved. And with that, we'll bring this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. If you have any comments, leave them at thebiblestudypodcast.com or drop me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. A crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.